Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusion apply. Limited time offer. Welcome, listener. How are you? We're glad you're doing well. And welcome back to another very exciting episode of Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people, where we talk about critical issues in the blindness community. Aaron's Opinion uh, can be heard almost everywhere you get a podcast, such as Apple, Spreaker, Spotify, Google, you name it, we're probably there. Follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, follow us on YouTube, even you might want to be a patron on Patreon. By the way, just thought I should mention, haven't said it in a while, um, that this material is uh, copywritten uh, by Aaron Richmond and Aaron's opinion under United States law. Thank you. All right, um, let's get into our guest uh, today. Uh, we're, we are joined by someone who has a very easy name for me to pronounce, obviously, Matthias. He's from Italy. Um, he has a, he's had a really interesting life. And listeners, he's not blind, but we're still glad he's here because he's done a lot to help blind people and he has an interesting life story. First, where are you from in, in, in Italy, by the way? Uh, hello, everyone. Thank you very much for having me on the show, Aaron. Um, I really am excited about this. So I'm, I'm really happy. I'm now, right now, I'm in Italy. I'm in Verona right now. Verona. Um, yeah, Ver I, Verona. It's, it's very, it's okay. That's very interesting because one of my fascinations in life is languages. And although I do not speak Italian, I do speak French. And a couple of years ago, I was in France. And my parents and I, we were, we were living or staying in the city of Nice, formerly known as Niza. And, yes. one, day, and one day we took a trip to Ventimiglia. And, yes. Ventim and Ventimiglia is a very nice city because I was able to speak French there. So I really enjoyed it. So I have been to Italy one day. Most fascinating for me though, um, can you speak the ancient language of your city? Every city in Italy has their own language. Can you speak the Verona language? Right. Uh, well, first of all, I'm in Verona now, and I lived in Verona many years. Actually, as we will speak later on, I, I nowadays live in, and work in London, UK. Um, but I've been spending a lot of time here in Verona, about 10 years, let's say between 2000 2010, roughly. But I'm originally from Genoa, which is the main city of the region where Ventimiglia belongs. Ah. So, so uh, is the city of Cristoforo Columbus, say, I mean, the guy who apparently <laughs> accidentally hit the United, United States of America uh, looking for Indians. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so accidentally. So actually, yeah, my, my native city is Genoa and my, my, my language is the Genovese, which is um, um, kind of a language, not only a dialect, so it's fairly complicated. Uh, when I was younger, of course, I did have a granddad who was uh, very fluent in this language, and I am familiar with the sound of it and most of the, the words, which are, of course, as a dictionary uh, suggests, uh, many. Um, I'm not fluent myself. I, I've been living in Genoa for my first uh, um, 14 years, and then I moved. So I didn't have, honestly, enough time to become fluent in, uh, in Genovese language or dialect, as you prefer. Um, however, of course, I do have an, an understanding, a general understanding of the thing. Um, from Genoa, I moved to Sardinia. From Sardinia, I moved back to Genoa, then to Rome, and then I started to work around Italy for several years, and uh, I touched base in Verona, or actually in the countryside going towards Venice, and, uh, and uh, I lived in here for about 10 years, and then I moved eventually to London. 
in uh, 2012 for the Olympics. So that's the, 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 the very long story, very, very short. <laughs> okay. Excellent, excellent. I'm I'm fascinated by I'm fascinated by the by the by the linguistic diversity of Italy. France used to be the same way. Um, each city had their own language. Can you say one sentence in Genovese? Um, well, I can make you the sound of it, which yeah, is been laid. Um, perché mi piacerebbe tanto parlare così. You have this kind of sound. You have this kind of sound. This kind of sound, this waving sound, is very much like Genoa. I see. Okay, so it, to to so it's similar, similar to Italian. Some similarities with Italian, but still some differences. Oh yes, yeah. so that that is you know is not an incomprehensible language. I see. It is a is a is a heavy variation on French. Hmm. Mm -hmm. So there are many things recall French. It's right. kind of a bridge between the two oh, that's in a way. Cool. That's really, and, uh, that's really yeah. fast. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, good, good. So once you started working in London, yep. um, what types of activities did you start to do? And at some point you went to school to be some sort of a, um, a soft tissue therapist at some point. That's right, right? that's right, right. that's right. So the story goes that uh, uh, for for many for many years in Italy, I've been um, in a department store, very large department store, um, and uh, I covered different positions, um, and I was managing uh, stock and people and activities. Uh, when I uh, arrived to London, I reset the table, so I started from scratch. And um, I, 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 I met my, my, my future wife and um, um, I, I decided that it, it was about time to, to learn new skills. I always did have a thing about movement. So I always loved very much activities uh, such, as, such as, for instance, martial arts. I have been a practitioner for many years. Um, so I said, well, one of the things that I always wanted to do, it was to be um, a masseur, so a massage therapist. So um, I discovered that London is a fantastic uh, um, studying city, you know, a kind of college, uh, open air college. Um, so I found a, a very serious course, um, very long, rather expensive, as all these things turn out to be. Um, and uh, I, I worked at night, studied during the day, gave my exam, followed my, my studies at college for a couple of years, and I graduated as a soft tissue release therapist, which is a sport and remedial massage therapist. So um, I started to work as a massage therapist in, uh, of course, in spa and uh, in private clinics, and then I end up in working with the physio clinic. And uh, of course, I build up my own little clientele. And I now work, collaborate with uh, osteopath physiotherapy uh, and sport massage therapy uh, studio in London, of course. This is uh, uh, my, my background as a massage therapist. So I've been practicing for now roughly six years so quite a while excellent so someone you know comes into your studio or your yep. comes comes in talk more in 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 detail about the the day-to-day -day work of this i mean i've heard of massage therapy yep um and it is in interesting and on on one hand interesting on the other uh, actually quite controversial. It's actually a controversial thing. In the United States, this used to be a very, a very, very common job for blind people a very long time ago. 50 mm -hmm. and 60 and 70 years mm -hmm. ago, blind mm -hmm. people would be mm -hmm. massage therapists. So tell, tell us a little bit more. N nowadays, it's significantly less common. So a lot of younger people don't know what it is. What is 
What is it? Talk about the job more in detail a little. Um, I, I would like to, to start, if you allowed me, from sure. the last note that you have, um, the last suggestion, say, that you have spoken. Um, it's true. Many blind people do deliver massage treatment. Not anymore in the Western world as we know it, say, so Europe, US, Canada. But uh, they do still have... Uh, an important role in the massage um, uh, in, uh, let's say, in places like uh, Laos, Vietnam, Thailand. So in the East, in the Pacific area, um, a lot of visually impaired, heavily visually impaired and blind, they do deliver massage therapy. Massage therapy, of course, is, uh, let's say, you work with your hands over the body of the person that is client to you um, and you deliver different, you perform, you act out different kind of movement which are either sliding or rolling or tapping or rocking uh, the tissue. So let's say skin, soft tissue under the skin and the muscles um, eventually um, according to not procedures, but according to method, according to sensitivity and sensibility, meaning that you need both of them. Um, you are totally right, Aaron. Uh, it's extremely controversial, meaning that if we ask the scientific community, what do they think about um, massage therapists? Let's say 50-50, they are split. In America, certainly it is 50-50, they are split. Like, uh, yeah, nice, but not really helpful. Or, yeah, it can help, at least it doesn't hurt. So, um, in Europe, at least uh, Italy, France, Germany, Switzerland, we do have a very different understanding of what massage therapy is because the massage therapist born much before, let's say, physiotherapy. So, if you say physiotherapy, you do have kind of an understanding of what it is. You have an accident. You so have. I'm, a, I'm slight yeah. right. So I'm I'm actually slightly confused about it. Yeah. What, so what is so no so what is well what is well to maybe to 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 clear it up what is yeah. physical what is physical therapy? Yeah. So let's say mm, there are different degrees of uh, physical hand-on job therapy. I make an example. You sprain an ankle, right? So you make an x-ray and you go to a physiotherapist. The physiotherapist reads your scan, suggests you a recovery procedure in order to fully recover, more quickly recover the movement ratio, strength overall, uh, posture, of your ankle and keep on delivering your movement correctly, which for a normal person might be just, uh, let's say, walking, which is very important, by the way. If you are a tennis player, it's even more important because if you can't walk, you can't run, you can't twist, you can't play tennis. Um, of course, in America, physiotherapy is uh, huge because you do have uh, a lot of contact sports, like the rugby, for instance, you know, American football. So a lot of physiotherapists are involved in this. But when you don't uh, break yourself <laughs> this much and you just want to maintain your body shape in the right way, you don't go to a physiotherapist. You rather go to a massage therapist either. Ah, when, okay. when, when you break something mm -hmm. and the physiotherapist assessed you, uh, is very often so that the physiotherapist will not touch you at all, will refer you to a sport remedial massage therapist who will do what the physiotherapist prescribed to be done. So let's say that there are two figures, massage therapist, physiotherapist, they are overlapping at some extent. The more medical one who has the responsibility in reading scans and creating recovery programs is the physiotherapist. The manual part of this work normally uh, falls upon a massage therapist. Then the massage therapist can deliver, of course, on his own, on their own, on her own, 
um, according to what it is. Stress, you can't sleep, lower back pain, uh, sciatic nerve, or you do have, you know, clinching with your teeth during the night, uh, you typewrite uh, crazy hours, uh, 24 hours a day, seven or seven, and therefore your, your position is very, is very close, uh, and therefore you start to breathe quickly and short, you're not comfortable anymore when you're standing up. So, you know, all these things not can be sorted by massage, we're not magicians, but can be identified, can be, let's say, worked upon us. So we work observing, assessing, and giving suggestions to recover from uh, wrong or poor body postures, for instance. And of course, there is a manuality, is a manual work, is a factual manual work on the muscles. So, and everyone, deliver the job in a different way. So you, Aaron, today you have neck pain and meet me, therapist Matthias, and we do share whatever it is, 30, 45, 60, 90, 2000 minutes. Um, and there is a massage between us and the same techniques deliver from another massage therapist, colleague of mine, would be different to you. So there is a lot of, you know, is, a, is something that you make, is not something that you do. So it's not something that you read, something that you make it with your hand, like a cake, let's say. Now, simplify, but roughly. Hmm. hmm. Excellent. Okay, cool, cool. So you got into that and then, um, but yeah, I think basically, basically we can say the physical therapist is the analysis and the immediate repair of injury. Um, massage therapist is the, is the maintenance of correcting bigger, bigger problems and maintaining. I do agree, yes. There you go. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well good. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. I mean, usually in America, um, yeah, we have that. Sure. We have physical therapists, massage therapy. That's a thing. But it's not something you would you wouldn't encounter people. It's kind of a strange thing to say, but you don't really encounter a massage therapist very often. It would be quite unusual um unless you had some something that you know, unless there was some special situation. These things in America could be or I actually do not know this, but they might be expensive depending on again the person, you know, who you are, where you're living. Anyway, that's interesting. So then um from No, here, you're right. I, I, I want to clarify for all sure, listeners. Sure. Aaron is absolutely right. I mean Massage therapists are less in number than, um, let's say, uh, white collars in the bank. That's for sure. Uh, and uh, there I are was, certainly. I wasn't. Too, I wasn't. I, I, I <laughs> no, didn't. No, I didn't. No. Calc I didn't calculate yeah, the number by three feet of bankers. To I know. I know. I know. But there are, let's say, uh, more massage therapists than astrophysicians. So, <laughs> so Next we are question. kind of. <laughs> How many? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let's no, no, no. Let's do a comparison. How yeah. many, how many massage therapists, how many more massage therapists mm. are there are in Verona as, as in compared to Ventamilia? That's what I want. Yeah, well, that's, that's, a, that's a very, that's a very good one. Well, look, I, I, I tell you, I give you a couple of numbers, which are not absolute numbers, but they, it, it gives you an idea. So um, let's say that in London, where I do work, there are many, many, many five-star hotel, very luxurious places with spas and all the comfort that you can possibly imagine. And in one of these places, there are something like, uh, how many? 17 rooms, 17 treatment rooms. And there is a, 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 a platoon of 41 therapists. Um, so, you know, there, there is a, an enormous amount of people who are living um, these places in and out all time long. So there are a lot of uh, um, treatments that are delivered. However, of course, in Verona, the city is smaller and Ventimiglia is smaller than Verona. So... Um, I, I, I would guess that maybe there are, I don't know, 
uh, 100 therapists in Verona and 20 in Ventimiglia, you know, something like that. I, I know, I know you don't know me, but I'm a, I am, I can be a very sarcastic podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, okay. you know, you, you, uh, we can play this game. For, I, I mean, I love it. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> You will, you will, you will, you will feed into my sarcasm. We're, absolutely, we're glad you're absolutely, here. We're glad you're here. absolutely. Oh, okay, okay, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, basically, then the next, the next interesting thing is, um, how did you get connected with the blindness community? What's yes. your connection there? Yes, this is, um, this is, um, let's say, is the blending of. Uh, two things I referred to. One, of course, is the massage therapist who has spoken plenty. Um, the other one instead is my um, passion um, for martial arts. Uh, in the past, when I was in Verona, rightly so, I, I, I started practicing uh, um, Viet Vo Dao, which is a Vietnamese martial art. And uh, after a couple of years, I started to practice Kung Fu Wing Chun. And I kept on practicing this until I moved uh, to London. I interrupt for a while, a few years, and then I started over again. In the meantime, I was already delivering uh, massage and working as a therapist. And um, I, one of my clients is a fantastic swimming teacher. She's a lady. Uh, she's a superb swimming teacher. She teaches a particular way of swimming, is called, which is called show method, um, which blends uh, new techniques of swimming and Alexander technique. Alexander techniques are known in physiotherapists for maintaining the correct alignment of head, shoulders, head, neck, and shoulders. Uh, combined in the swimming. So we ended up in having kind of an exchange. I was making treatment to her and she was uh, um, teaching swimming to my little daughter. Um, happens that the father of this swimming teacher is blind, roughly completely blind. Um, and uh, I started to, to have beautiful conversation with this man. And um, I started to think that perhaps uh, the techniques of Kung Fu that I was practicing and studying for my own good and pleasure and purpose, um, they could have helped. Why? Because normally when we talk about martial arts, we think about something that is a, a kind of a war, let's say, kind of a combat between two different people. And there are a lot of punches and kicks and whatever Kung Fu Panda moves, um, you know, flying things and throwing objects and swords and all kinds of weapons. But the, the kind of style that I do is very, very, very tactile, is very, very close up, and is very, very based upon significant amount of sensitivity on the forearms, arms, posture balance. Um, so you are constantly in contact with the, let's say, other person rather than opponent. So I um, wanted to understand if my intuition was correct. And I asked this father, if he was interested in to do something, he happened then to refer me to a good friend of his, Peter. Um, and uh, Peter was very happy to, 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 to give it a go. And so uh, something like two years ago, I started to uh, go to Peter and meet Peter um, very, very um, consi with consistency. I mean, let's say once a week. Um, and uh, we started to train um, something that I was making up because the thing that there is a discipline um, already there, it doesn't mean that is applicable to blind people. And uh, the thing that is made for self-defense or 
full contact, it doesn't mean that serves the purpose that I was having in mind. And the idea that I did have in mind, and I did want to verify through the help that Peter was giving to me, giving me his, his time, um, he was, uh, well, maybe I can create a discipline which allows to have more confidence in our Right. Are you there, Heron? Yes. Yes, I'm here. Yes, your your connection lagged a little, but I'm still here. We're fine. We're good. Okay. Cool. Sorry. Um, have you heard what I said so far? Uh, maybe go back two sentences, but then we're good. Yeah. Uh, two sentences, meaning that when I started to meet with Peter. Yeah. Right about there. Cool. Um. So I wanted to verify with Peter if my intuition was correct, if I could create something that enhance uh, the comfort zone of a visually impaired and blind person when he's in contact with other people. Let's say in a crowded place, in a tube station. Tube stands for underground in London. Um, or, um, you know, at the bus stop, if someone uh, just approaches you and asks for what time is it, let's say, and you are not really expecting it because you can't see it coming, and the person doesn't realize in the moment that he's talking to a blind person, so doesn't use, let's say, um, the manners, the proper manners to approach. So he doesn't introduce himself, for instance, by voice or before touching. And this might create some kind of a shock, some kind of an uncomfort or discomfort. And I wanted to create something that uh, works in this place. So what happens when a blind person is touched by someone who is unknown in a crowded place? Can I create a better comfort in this kind of conditions? And so I started to work in these directions with Peter. And that's where... I started to blend my experience as a massage therapist with my practice as a Kung Fu Wing Chun practitioner. And I, let's say, blend the, the two things together. And I started to be more and more involved in this idea of creating something bespoke for visually impaired and blind people. That's excellent. Really, really, really good. I'm really glad to hear that. Yes. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, so the the the, the thing um, after two years became quite obvious that I was uh, well. The intuition was good, and that was done. So, um, like all ideas which start fresh from scratch is, you know, is an experiment and is an adventure. Um, is, uh, there is a lot of uh, um, practice involved because the more you practice, the more you understand, the more you can develop the, the, the skill set that you might uh, use when you are with other people. However, I, I find it fascinating. Uh, Peter himself is very happy um, about the process that we've done, the job we've done together. And, um, and so I wanted to take the thing one step ahead. And um, I planned to create a podcast uh, talking about uh, um, the issue of blindness or the awareness of blindness. Um, so I, we, we've spoken about this with Peter for a long time 
and and then when I did have the possibility to to start um, a course uh, for my practice with the Association of uh, uh, Blind People in London, the the COVID started, so we did have to stop operations, and I couldn't know uh, if I could even meet the people again in order to 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 make interviews live. Um, so I stayed in contact with the community on the phone. And as soon as the lockdown eased up a bit, uh, let's say in June, uh, yeah, June, I started to move uh, quietly sometimes, reaching out to them uh, so we could record the first interviews. And I am releasing the interviews every week, every Saturday. And I, for instance, on the, the Facebook group for blind people, I shared the, the, the full episode link. So you will find them there. And that's why me and Aaron came into to contact each other. That's pretty much the story. Yeah, excellent. By the way, um, just want to let you know that let's pause for just a moment here and let me remind you that I hope you love coffee because Aaron's opinion is brought to you by Blended Joe LLC. <clears throat> um, as in blendedjoe.com, B-L-E-N-D-E-D-J-O-E.com. If you want fruit in your coffee, if you want chocolate, if you want nuts, if you want flavors, um, if you want a light roast, a medium roast, or a dark roast, if you want to buy coffee that supports a charitable cause that means a lot to you, Blended Joe's got you covered. Uh, now, until the end of the month, 20% uh, off all purchases at checkout, promo code Aaron, A-A-R-O-N. I guarantee that if you're sitting at home while listening to Aaron's opinion, or if you're on the go, you'll love every sip from Blended Joe. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's, um, that's really, really, really interesting. The part of this that I know we're going to have many more episodes about is that at some point you came in contact with someone by the name, I believe, of the name of Paul. And, that's right. Okay. Now, let's, um, in this case, because I do not know the person yet, let's say you came in contact with Mr. Smith. And Mr. Smith um, is, is blind, and he it sounds like he did a lot of sailing. Now, sailing is something that I love and something that I want to do more of. So tell me about your experiences sailing uh, with this blind person. Um, the, 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 the story goes slightly different. Now, ah. why? Because uh, I am a sailor in the way that I have been in the Italian Navy for three years. Indeed, and I've been sailing with the frigates of the, the, the Navy for three years. So I do have a bit of a sailing experience on my own. But when I met Paul for the blind interview, which is the name of the podcast that I'm running, um, I discovered an incredible character because this guy, I invite uh, you uh, to, 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 to to, 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 to keep in touch with uh, Paul himself. Um, these guys have been around sailing, but not only because uh, the guy has been traveling pretty much all over the world, over and over and over again. There is another podcast uh, which will be released, I guess, in uh, two weeks or three. Um, in which we speak throughout the experience he had going to the Kilimanjaro, on the top of the Kilimanjaro. And as being the first blind person <laughs> ever doing it. So, yeah, quite an interesting guy. Yeah, I'm sure that I want, I'm sure that I, I'm sure that we will have an episode yeah. of air. I'm going to make sure to send yeah. this, I'm going to send this episode to him as a way of reaching out and seeing if I can get, so Paul, Aaron's opinion right here in action. We would love yep. to have you as a guest here. So I'm I am sure that he will be. I'll send it over to him and see if he reaches out and see if he reaches out to me. Um, but in the meantime, so... Um, where, where has he sailed to uh, all over the world? Um, so he, he did, um, um, so what the guy did, um, the guy works in, in an office uh, in London, 
And um, uh, through charity, he managed to um, train himself in order to sail on a sailing team. Mm. Um, so he, he did have an incredible experience because uh, he, he did have the possibility to join for the team uh, for part of the race. And then at some point, as he speaks through um, the interview, you will discover that um, he also had the chance to exchange a team for a few days. So, and he did have an experience at the must. So he, he did uh, uh, sail for real. I mean, it's not just being guessed. And this is the mind blowing thing because of course guys, I, I am not blind. So I am extremely humbled and uh, really I am mesmerized by your force of intention of all of you. Um, your power of imagination, your creativity and approach to life. Uh, and the stories of you people are so different and so inspirational. And I'm really grateful for all the things that you are teaching me um, when I listen to well, your I, stories. I, appreci I appreciate that. I'm sure as you go back and listen to Aaron's opinion as you scroll through um, the, the episodes, um, I'm yeah. sure you'll learn a lot. But oh, yes, has, absolutely. What has been... Um, but by the way, Aaron's opinion is available in a lot of places. We, 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 didn't, we didn't actually clarify that question. Where, where, where do you listen to podcasts if you don't have Apple? <laughs> no, I do, I do go on Spotify. No problem. Ah, sorted. Sorted, okay. sorted. 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 There we go. Sorted. Well, when you, when you go back and you listen to Aaron's opinion, I'm sure you, you may learn a lot. But what has been the most, in, the most unexpected lesson that you've learned from interviewing blind people? Um, well, one of the things that I am extremely fascinated by, and I, because of the, this discipline, this martial attitude project that I'm running, um, um, is the, the connection between blindness and space awareness. So... Now, can you go into more details about what, yes, does, that, what yes. does that mean to, to a yes. blind person? Talk about it. Exactly. Yeah, that, this, is a, this is the good question. This is a very good question, Aaron. And I'm trying, let's say, to make myself a picture of what this exactly means. Because um, as a sighted person, fully sighted person, I do have a perception of what space is around myself because I can see it. Now, if I take off sight, or, um, and I never had sight, let's say, so I'm fully blind from birth, um, I don't have the same understanding of space. Uh, I mean, this is undeniable. However, many of the activities, for instance, we're talking about Paul going out and sailing or reaching for the top of Kilimanjaro, uh, does involve a lot of physical space. So, and if a blind person go from Manhattan to Jersey, say, we have a public transport, I don't know, um, you know, it, it does takes a lot of courage, a lot of uh, um, drive, a lot of uh, intention, a lot of vision, if you allowed me to use this word. Of course. Because you have a perception of the space around you. And I find this extremely fascinating because um, there is, let's say, a skill set which is hidden in all of us, but blind people kind of rise from need, from inside, to, 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 to manifest this power, let's say, this superpower of. Uh, um, moving into space, even if you don't see the space you are moving in. Now, we know that different blind people, they do relate to space differently. Some, they move better, faster, more comfortably. Some do not or do less. 
But this is what I'm trying to investigate more and more uh, with uh, uh, throughout the interviews. But as you ask me, what's the most incredible thing um, is really the, 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 the willingness to go beyond. Um, even in the, in, the, um, in the Facebook group, uh, in which I shared my episodes, or which, I read your. In which yeah, I would be. In which, by the way, if it's is it the same group that I'm in? Yep. Oh, must. That's be. right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it is. It is. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I read it uh, time to time the comments uh, and uh, the threads of of conversations um, between other people, and some are. You know, they turn blind from, I don't want to say from one day to another, but yes, that's happened too. Um, and, you know, there, are, there is so much discomfort, there is so much uh, uh, difficulty. There is, it is so difficult, it is so unfair, so complex to handle. Um, so the, the, through the interviews, uh, what I'm learning is this incredible willingness to, you know, you do what you have to do. You follow the things that you like. You learn things to deliver. Uh, it is just different. Um, and it can be done. And this is something that is inspirational for everyone. So that's why... Um, I, I, I like to share the, 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 the blind interviews within the, the group, but I also share them with my friends, and of course, and with my contacts, because I think that the, 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 it is very interesting for everyone to listen to your story, guys. Um, so this is what I, I have taken with me uh, so far. Um, being in touch with the blind community, if I can call it blind community. If this answer your question. It certainly does. And that's all very interesting. Um, I think it's really important to interview other blind people who have accomplished these certain things because I don't know about you, but when I read through that particular group on Facebook, there's mm -hmm. a lot of blind people around the world who are just having a really hard time to put it yes. lightly. And, yes. and my greatest concern mm -hmm. is that in about 30 or 40 or 50 years, we're going to have a population mm -hmm. of blind people who maybe will be resentful and mm -hmm. not very motivated. And mm -hmm. I think I'm very concerned that this will have a impact on society, an impact Correct. that we are not fully willing to accept and an impact to which we are not fully aware. So I think that my, basically, one of the things that I do on my podcast is I try to motivate people and I try to say, look, life is not fair life has become significantly more difficult this year than any other, but even still you need to be moving towards some sort of a goal. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, if you're home, if you're staying home more and doing more social distancing now, now these days, then this would be a, then there's no time than the present to decide that now is the time that you want to make plans for the future to decide, okay, when we're able to travel all over the world again, like it was before this happened. When I'm able to travel again, you should say to yourself, oh, there are three places I'm gonna go and, and there are different, different people I'm gonna meet and you, people should be making these, these plans now in their mind, definitely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, I am totally with you uh, in, on this. Um, is um is a very strange time um and it is a kind of a great equalizer you know um society has been moved 
by this thing. And I am personally thinking that this is just the beginning of a way. Yeah, but so, indeed, by the way, I must say that um, I watched a uh, program on television uh, regarding this sensitive health topic. And I must say to you that I'm very, very, very sorry. It, it, it occurs to me that your country, Italy, was uh, really, really, really affected by the situation. So oh, yeah. Well, Italy we, will, we, 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 we will understand uh, um, later uh, what happened. And, uh, of course, see, now, now see, we know this that... Is exactly. And what you said, see, this goes circles back to my, my, my philosophical point. It's exactly the problem. Later, we'll understand what happened yesterday. Well, the problem is we have to figure out what's going to happen tomorrow, yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is, you know, um, I, I, I sincerely appreciated this last sentence of you, uh, but there is also a clash, a cultural clash here. You're an American, so you are proactive. You are conqueror. We are from the old continent. We are more retro in retrospective. We watch retrospective. We do have a different timing here. Um, things go a bit slower, um, to say the least, if you compare to New York. Um, so um, it is a very old uh, um, population. So you know we do have many elderly. Uh, we know that the virus has affected elderly people with the complication more than any others. Now there is a, new, a second wave coming over. We know that in America is dramatic, the situation as it unfolds day after day. Uh, then there is India, Brazil coming over. So we will, we will see what happens. Uh, we are now dealing with the rising of the new cases uh, again in, in Europe as a second wave. Oh, so geez. we will see, there are so many opinions, so many different people, so many different reactions. Um, it's very complicated. I believe that as a mankind, we never face something like this simultaneously, 360 degrees around the globe. So it is already miraculous that well, it, we don't have, uh, we do have the tools to communicate each other. Oh, yeah. And and that's that's a very interesting point. On that, I love talking about history. In fact, as as you know, this happened about a hundred years ago with the Spanish flu, and then about and then about several hundred years ago in the thirteen fourteen hundreds, of course, we had the bubonic plague all over the world. So actually, society has gone through this, but it's still, nevertheless, um, anyway. Um, so. Yeah, well, we are doing great. I, I would like to remind everyone. Well, good. We're doing well, great. We're, we're doing great. I mean, we reacted in three months globally. <laughs> I mean, it never happened. It, it never happened. That's true. That's that's mm. sure. Sure. Well, good. Well, well, it, it's all it's all a very interesting time. My point is is that if you're home listening to Aaron's opinion or if you're yes. listening to or if you're listening to to Matthias in English or Italian you should you should be using that time not only to listen to what we have to say but to be thinking about what you want to do once things get a little bit more back to normal when you're able to get on an airplane yes. I mean I'm not even as far as I'm concerned I could be wrong um, but I do not think I'm able to get into Europe right now so I'm I'm kind of stuck here in the states for a while um, yes. until, this, until this starts to get, but I, I agree with that. I understand, you know, why should people be, you know, constantly traveling if we don't really know what's going on, you know, globally, it makes perfect sense to be. But you know, look, but yeah, sure. look oh, to all listeners to uh, uh, really, I mean, it is a great time to, to slow down, to think it over, to think it over again. Um, and uh, to make little changes that might positively affect your life from now on. So uh, do it, do it with intention, do it with uh, open heart. Um, it's the best thing you can do. Um, uh, you know, things might change anyway, but if you do have the slightest possibility to do the little change that you always wanted to do and you, you start moving towards this better position, uh, this better perception of yourself. Try to do it. Um, 
there are methods to 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 all of us uh as aaron is reminding us a man uh, grab a grab a phone and uh and listen to a podcast um read a book uh ask to a friend for the right book to read in order to sort out the question that you have uh you start from there one piece of a time one one day at a time is is the best thing we did, we can do um this is my my little opinion about this period which is indeed very complicated true true um when you were serving uh in the italian navy what was the what was the longest distance you traveled on a ship um or the furthest the furthest yeah 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 most kilometers. well it you know italy i did have um several times i encountered the, the fifth fleet of uh, united states of america um which is the one cruising in the mediterranean um so we worked together several times in drills um uh, so i was uh, sailing all across mediterranean and the northern coast of africa and uh, the northern sea so this is these are the things that i have done so i have seen uh, many many places in europe and uh, over europe because africa is not belonging let's say politically to europe but geographically yes indeed um so those has been uh, my three years in the navy have been fascinating yeah the longest distance is not really a distance is the time on uh, water let's say sailing without touching land without landing harboring uh which was roughly a month and i can promise that if you're not used to it after a couple of weeks <laughs> you start to <laughs> to say well there's something odd i want to go for a coffee somewhere and you cannot <laughs> because you are just to keep on sailing um so <laughs> i i my, my respect my profound respect to whole uh, um, merchant sailors know the one of the ferries the one of you know the cargo the cargo oh sailors. yeah they yeah, spend, those guys spoke, they they, they spoken, spend i've uh, spoken to many of them actually they uh, there there's some of those people have stayed on the water for over a year i mean it's ridiculous yeah, yeah. yeah it sounds yeah, yeah. actually the funny thing is if i was sighted that would be the job i would want that sounds like the funnest job you get to just mm. stay on ships and travel the whole world like that's that sounds awesome got to tell you yeah 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 some 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 of it is fun some of it is fun right um, yeah 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 <laughs> and some Absolutely. of it is, and some of it is probably not fun yeah. well yeah well it is true for everyone i mean even if you have the most wonderful job you know i don't know if you like to be a broker i guess it's wonderful but the commute to <laughs> to manhattan it might be horrible <laughs> <laughs> so then i guess so then i guess it's better to stay on a ship for a couple of years yes. than it, it would be to be a broker in manhattan yeah right? yeah maybe you know it depends <laughs> you know who knows <laughs> who knows who knows who knows i see, who knows? I see i see well that and now how did you i mean apart from you know you met a lot of blind people but what really propelled you into podcasting what 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 really got you into well, it? honestly um well the, 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 there are two answers the 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 the, the I want I want the I want the the the, 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 the fast one. one I want the truthful Yeah one. the truthful one is <laughs> well it was it was an idea that it was hanging around for a long time but it never been done and then the covid happened guys this changed everything because i was at home unable to work uh distant from everyone uh in self isolation before and then in isolation later um so uh i i i couldn't uh go to train i couldn't train with peter and with no other i couldn't um massage anyone i couldn't help anyone with their posture or with whatever i could help them with and i said well i have to do something to 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 keep this ball rolling 
So I always wanted to do the podcast, let's roll it. Um, the idea was there to create the interviews with blind people, but I couldn't reach out for them because of the social distancing. Um, and therefore, I, I started the podcast in Italian instead. So that's the variation that happened because of the, 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 the COVID. So I started the podcast, uh, which is uh, about discipline, how different disciplines can help in your daily life. Um, so I contacted the people that I directly knew and that I didn't know directly, but we, let's say, met on the web, on Instagram and other social medias. And uh, we started to have this kind of conversation where I, uh, let's say, I introduce a theme, a suggestion, an a theme for the day. Uh, let's say, I don't know, uh, sleeping patterns or uh, trust or um, discomfort, pain, whatever. And, um, and my guests are replying me uh, from their own quarantine because everyone was in quarantine, self-isolating in the same time in different places. So I thought it was kind of funny to, uh, to communicate all of us in different places over the same kind of topic. So I did have a Kung Fu uh, master, I did have a Tai Chi master, I did have a physiotherapist, a Nipton therapist, a dancer, a philosopher, um, and a public servant, and um, a Krav Maga instructor. Um, so these have been uh, my pals for all the, the quarantine. And then uh, we went online every day for two months. And then we reduced to three times per week and then twice a week. And now I run the podcast once a week with the three of them one week and the other three of them another week. Mm. Uh, it's been fantastic. Yes, we did it for the people, for us and for the people uh, in quarantine. So that's why I started podcasting uh, because the quarantine um, compelled me to <laughs> kind of. It I, I think I think it's interesting that you say all of that today. I certainly, yeah, I say I, I agree. I think that the the situation has motivated us maybe a little bit to become the best podcasters we can possibly be. I certainly hope, and I certainly know that maybe Aaron's opinion will be a guest on your podcast. I love. I love that. to. I, I absolutely be, love we that. Would be, I would be honored. You have yeah, no. You, you have no idea. It is so yeah. much more exciting to guest on someone else's podcast than it is for me to have a wonderful guest like Matthias. Oh, you know, we yeah, are man, starting. I really starting, appreciate it. Oh, oh you're very. Really. You're very. You're you're very kind, Matthias. Very, very kind and a very very definitely a definitely a really fascinating person to talk to by the way before you go yeah a lot of my guests have been from overseas lately and mm -hmm. every single time every single episode we end a podcast a very special way do you know how i end it no no uh, yet good. oh good you're about to find out i asked yes. the guests to sing their country's national anthem can you sing the national anthem in in italian for us to work to wrap it up we would just love that i can start it i can start it fratelli d'italia l'italia sedestan this is the the beginning of it that is it's fine do you want to give us the whole thing no, no, I will funny. leave it. I will, I will leave it to better singers. I don't want to break <laughs> the ears of no one. I, I thought, I, I, I think so. that is totally fine. I, I, I think someone yeah. who did a great job in the Italian Navy for three years should be more than allowed <laughs> to sing it for the world, and the world should listen. But yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great episode, ladies and gentlemen. If you have any questions for Aaron's opinion, if you want, if you want to compliment me and say I did a great job, or if you want to tell me what a horrible person I am and that I'm deemed to hell, you are more than welcome to reach out via email. I'd be really be inspired to see an email from. Uh, anyone uh, Aaron's opinion six at gmail.com 
A-A-R-O-N-S-O-P-I-N-I-O-N-6 at gmail.com. As I like to say, it was a wonderful evening. Uh, uh, Matthias, you have a very good evening. And from wherever in the world you might be, as I like to say, um, stay safe, everybody, and have a good day today and a great day tomorrow. You can help end child hunger in America with No Kid Hungry. Just $1 can connect a child with up to 10 meals. Go to cfcgiving.opm.gov and donate to No Kid Hungry by searching 11158. Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining in the grandest payouts now offering stay and play and all in packages including $50 free slot play VIP parking VIP casino access and more book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929 at Arundel Mills must be 21 please play responsibly for help visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER